Welcome to the Start Over Coder podcast. I am the Start Over Coder, and I'm taking you along on my quest, transitioning from a corporate nine to five to being a professional developer in pursuit of financial independence. Today, we'll talk about the back end. If you listened to episode 20, you know that until very recently, I had pretty much no understanding of how the backend works, why you even need it, and what it has to do with programming. So in the past few weeks, I've gained a little bit of an understanding of this, and today I'm going to talk about what I've learned. And because it's still so fresh in my mind, I think it's a good time for me to try to put everything together from a very, uh, very much newbie perspective. And hopefully if you're new to this as well, hearing this explanation from a newbie perspective will help you understand it a little bit better. So before I get started with all of that, I want to say a quick thanks to a few people who have been listening to the podcast. It really does uh, kind of surprise me because I don't do much of anything to publicize or share this podcast really with anybody. Uh, so the fact that people are finding it and listening is really cool and even better that I'm hearing from some of you. So um, just a quick shout out to Lisa and Ryan, and I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing this right, but Kudus, um, who have reached out by email and on Twitter. It's really cool to hear, uh, you know, encouragement from you and from uh, people who are finding the podcast on both programming and financial independence, actually. So, yeah, it's really cool. And I just wanted to say thanks for that. So now on to the back end. So first, I think it's important to explain why you have to separate back end programming from front end programming. Clearly, there are two very different parts of learning to code, but initially I had a kind of a hard time understanding really what the backend was for. And so what it comes down to is what the browser can and can't do. So your browser, which in the context of uh, server browser communication is also sometimes called the client, your browser has cer certain capabilities. So it can read HTML and put a structure of how a website is meant to look. It can take the CSS that's attached to it and determine how the page is going to look with styles. And then it can also take and interpret JavaScript code to add a little bit of dynamism and um, interactivity to a website. So if I click this, this happens. Or, you know, if I scroll the page this way, then a new image or a new pop-up or something happens, so it makes it a little bit more dynamic. But what the browser can't do is process information. So for example, if you have a form, a contact form on your website, and you want people to be able to submit um, information or questions, there has to be some kind of process to take their submissions, take the information that they put into the form and put it somewhere. And the browser is not capable of doing that. Also, if you are building a website that you want to be personalized, so let's say someone logs in, you want them to uh, see their name when they log in. If they've done certain things or made certain selections, you want those things to appear on their, the page when that person logs in. The browser is not capable of pulling any information from the database or a database about the user. It's not capable of storing information long-term with, you know, whatever those things are, whether they've uploaded pictures or whatever it is. The browser is not capable of doing that. This is where the backend comes in. The thing that is capable of doing these things is called the server. And the server can be on site. I mean, it can be on a person's machine. 
It can also be in the building. So you've heard of like data centers that companies would have where they build their own servers or most commonly recently are cloud servers, which is where a user or a company will borrow or rent a section of a server. So for example, uh, Amazon's web servers or Google's web servers, they'll rent a, just a section of that based on their needs. And then all of those backend processes, the database access, the form submitting, all of that will happen on the server. So that's why you need the backend because the browser can only do some things and the things it can do, you know, it can make a pretty cool looking website, but there's a limit and everything else that's beyond the limit happens on the server. So in order to have a server, like I said, you can have it on your computer and that is exactly what Node.js is. So if you listen to episode 20, that was when I had gone to a, an event to try to get a basic introduction to Node.js. I knew it was a backend framework. I didn't really understand what it was for. I didn't understand all of the things that I just explained. And so I left that event really just, you know, it had all gone over my head. I didn't know what was going on and I felt a little bit stupid to be honest. Uh, but now I understand that that's what Node is. Node gives you a server on your machine so that you can run all of those processes and run your website locally as you're building it. And then later you would put all of these files onto a remote server and then that's what gives other people the ability to access it. So that is what backend frameworks do. They are the code that tells the server what to do with all of the information it takes in so that it can process it, put it into a form that is going to look right on the client side, on the browser side, when it goes back to the user. And then that way, the only thing that that person's browser has to do is interpret HTML, CSS, and JavaScript, which are the things that it is 100% capable of doing. So Node.js is a very popular framework for JavaScript, but then there are also other frameworks for other languages and also multiple frameworks for each of these languages. So Node is the most popular for JavaScript. It may be the only one for JavaScript because actually a JavaScript backend programming is relatively new in the grand scheme of things. But then for Ruby, the backend framework is called Rails. For Python, that there are two kind of really popular ones right now, Django and Flask. And then for PHP, there's Laravel. And then for other languages, I'm sure there are other frameworks as well. So with this framework, I'm going to talk about Node because that's what I've been using and that's what I'm the most familiar with. So when you have this framework installed on your computer and you've got Node, which is gives you the, the ability to run a server, what you're, the code that you're writing is basically it starts with a single file, which tells the server everything to do and everything that is going to potentially happen. So for example, when a request comes in from user's browser asking for the landing page, the home page, the code that you write for the server is going to say, okay, when I get this request for the home page, find the home page files and send them back to the user. Or when the person fills out the contact form, take all of the information that they have submitted, put that into a database over here on the other side, in another part of the backend, and then find a page that says, thank you for your submission and send that page back to the user. So it's processing all of the information, 
telling itself where to send information that comes in and collecting it in a way that can go back to the browser. So all of these things start in, well, what I've learned is that it starts in a file called app.js for Node. You can name it whatever you want, but kind of the standard convention is app.js. And so with Node, one of the most popular ways of kind of setting all of these instructions up is with another framework called Express. And so Express has you set up routes, which are those exact instructions. So your app.js file will kind of be separated into a few different parts. So first it will say use Express because Express is what's going to tell you what to do. And then it will list a whole bunch of routes, which are like when the person requests the home page, send them the home page. When the person requests the next page, send them that page. And so really you're just writing one long list of instructions telling the server what to do when it gets requests from the browser, from the client. Node also works with NPM, which is a package manager. And the packages are really what makes using Node super powerful. And it makes building websites a lot easier than it would be if you were just literally writing every function that you want to have from scratch. So in these packages, it's basically kind of a library of code that someone else has written to allow you to do a certain functionality. So one that I found to be really helpful is when it comes to laying out a page. So when you're writing a static site, which is what I had done a lot of before, you have to write a head section for each one, which will have the title and include all of your style sheet links and all of your script sources and all of the information for that single page. But then if you're writing a site that includes like 30 pages or more, you know, if it's a blog, you might have hundreds of posts to write that as a static site, you would have to repeat that code over and over and over again on each of those pages and then update it if you want to make changes. I talked about this in a previous episode when I first started learning about DOM manipulation because I saw how it would be possible to have all of those standardized bits of a page update themselves. And that was really exciting because what I have been doing up until this point is hard coding every single page and linking them all together and updating them individually all on mass when the time comes. And so now I've learned that I can actually do this in the back end with Node with Express. And so there's a layouts package which gives you the ability to write all of that code one time. And then you can just include that one line of code on every subsequent page. Another way to do the layouts package where you just write the page once and then in that page say, this is where the body content is going to go. And then it will automatically render that page with the header and footer that you've sent and only the content will change. So all of that happens through an NPM package. Another one is for a login function. So if you're building a website where you want your users to log in, or if you want it to be password protected and only accessible to people who have the password, then there is a package called Passport, which has been written to give you that functionality. So then you just have to configure it for your specific site. But most of the work of actually coding that functionality has been pre-written. And you just say in your app.js file, include this package and then do this with it. So all of these packages together make it so that you can build really dynamic, really complex websites 
with still quite a bit, of, you know, you do have to do quite a bit of coding, but it would be, you know, 10 times more if it weren't for the packages. So that is the power of Node and NPM, which is the package manager, and all of the packages that you can access through the backend on your site. So it's this is a really exciting discovery. So I've learned all of this through the process of doing some projects. One of them is through the bootcamp that I've mentioned in previous episodes, which I'm doing online. And we're building basically a clone of the website Yelp, the review site, but it's only for campgrounds instead of, you know, everything under the sun. So in order to do that, we're working with a database so that whatever information is submitted by users can be stored. And then when you log in next time, that information is still there. And then in another project that I'm working on with a group, we're building an app that allows people to earn points for riding their local metro. And then with those points, they can redeem them for prizes or discounts or uh, free stuff at local businesses in their area. So in order to do that, you have to be able to store user information. You have to be able to store the number of points that they've earned. You have to be able to offer discounts and deduct those the points that they use when they choose a discount. So all of that requires the processing on the back end. So I did say this in the Node episode, it really does help to have context of how you'll actually use these things in order to understand it. I really didn't understand it until I started building these things. So I would definitely say if you're interested, you know, if you're learning to code and the backend is something that's still new to you and just seems a little bit confusing, hopefully I have cleared it up a little bit today or provided a little bit more, um, you know, concise, easy to understand context behind it. But really, you just need to jump in and start building something. So find some relatively easy projects to use. There is so much documentation and information about using Express, especially with Node and a lot of the packages. So find a project that does one function. It doesn't even have to do a lot. Find a project where you want to have a user submit a request to a form and then save that information to a database. Just building that will teach you so much about the backend, how it talks to the client, how HTTP requests come in, how they're posted to the database, how you get information, all of the things that the server will do to render a website. And I will continue to talk about this in the future. So obviously this is an overview, but there are endless topics on the backend. So you know, talking about databases specifically, or some of the packages that I've used, all of these things um, are fair game for future episodes. So if you're interested in anything in particular, and want to hear a little bit more about that, you can tweet me at startovercoder and let me know if I've done it. I'm, I'm happy to talk about my experience doing it. But yeah, I think you've really just got to start with something simple, ideally with a bit of guidance if you can, and then it'll start to become a lot more clear. So before we wrap up, just to say, I am still new to all of this and I am slowly figuring it out. So it's very possible that I've kind of have a little bit of information wrong in my own head, maybe about HTTP requests or something that I've explained in this episode. So if I have made a mistake or maybe could use a little bit more clarification, uh, 
please feel free to reach out to me and let me know. Then I'll, I can share that with other people and kind of correct what I've said. You can get back to me by emailing startovercoder at gmail.com or tweet me at startovercoder. And if you like what you hear in general and want to stay with me on this journey of learning to code, leaving the nine to five and pursuing financial independence, be sure to subscribe to this podcast. You can do so through your favorite podcast app or by visiting startovercoder.com slash subscribe. That's all for this time. Signing off.